Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How is everybody doing this morning? You doing good? Come on, are you doing good? Good. Uh, Just turn to your neighbor on your right and say, you are awesome. Turn to the one on the left and say, you're awesomer. Amen. It's good to have you here in the church. Uh, If you don't know who I am, my name is Brian Sparks. I'm lead pastor here at the Church RC. And uh, we're so honored to have you here. If you're visiting, uh, we pray that this would be the church home for you. Uh, But if it's not, we pray that you find some place that you can call home because we believe the church is important, right? Not just to go every now and then, but actually to belong to one uh, because we feel like it it really is the hope for the world. And so uh, we're honored to have you here. And so uh, everything is going well. We're excited about everything that God is doing. Uh, We've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that's going to be coming at you uh, very soon. And so I'm excited about that. And and, uh, we're, uh, I think today we're finishing up a series called It Is Written. And uh, how many of you like this series? You've gotten something out of it. If you haven't listened, uh, if you haven't been here, maybe you're here for the first time. You go, man, I haven't heard any of it. You can always go online and listen to the podcast, and uh, we encourage you to do that. In fact, we uh, have people that listen to the podcast from all over the world. And so just do me a favor right now. Welcome our online family. Come on, give it up for them. We're a church that's bigger than just four walls, amen. We're reaching into the world, amen. God has called us and given us a bigger vision than just right here, amen. Uh, Acts 27, Acts 27, and I'm going to kind of skip all over the place here, so just bear with me. This is a story that kind of takes a little bit of time to unwrap, and so I'm just going to kind of br- briefly uh, jump around a little bit, so we're going to be reading uh, in different different. Pe- parts of this verse because I just didn't have the time to read the entire passage. But just to kind of give you the lowdown, this is written uh, about the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul is going to stand trial before Caesar. And uh, and he's on a ship, and he's heading because that's the way that you traveled in those days. And so this is kind of the way that this story unfolds. And so I'm going to read verse, start in verse 13, Acts 27, verse 13. And I'm going to jump all over the place, so just hang with me. Okay, says this, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to the sea, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, a temptuous headwind arose called, yep, that's the one, Euroclidon, also called the Northeaster. Now verse 20 says this, now when neither sun nor star appeared for many days, And no small tempest beat on us. All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. That's a bad place to be in. And now I urge you in verse 22, it says, And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life. This is Paul telling these people, all the people that are on the ship with him. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve saying do not be afraid Paul you must be brought before Caesar and indeed God has granted you all of those who sail with you 
Verse 27, it says, Now when the 14th night had come, come on, 14 nights, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. Verse 29 says, Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. Verse 39 through 44, it says, When it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach. Amen. For beaches. Amen. Onto which they planned to run the ship if possible. And they let go of the anchors and left them in the sea. Meanwhile, losing the rudder ropes, uh, uh, loosening the rudder ropes, they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. Nearly done. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who should, could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. Amen. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper never forgets, you can title this message, Surviving the Storm. Surviving the Storm. Lord, I thank you right now for the Word of God. Thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your Word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So, Lord, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. Surviving the storm. Have you ever been in a storm? I'm not talking about uh, emotional or any, I'm talking about a legitimate storm. Uh, not, not a storm where your yard gnome got blown over. I'm talking about the real deal, like serious storm. I know we're from Texas, so we're kind of exposed. Uh, most of us have been around or uh, tornadoes, and, and we've been in storms. And I never will forget, the worst storm of, I've, I've ever been in was in San Angelo, Texas. I was in San Angelo, and I, I think it was around uh, middle school, junior high is what we called it back in the day, but, but uh, I, I, I never will forget, we had come home because there was a storm supposed to be hitting uh, the town. They kind of knew that it was going to hit. They knew it was coming, and so uh, my parents and, and, uh, and uh, both my parents were home, and we had some friends over, and we were kind of hanging out, just waiting on it to hit, and all of a sudden, the sky got black. I mean, it got really dark and the wind began to pick up and it began, it began to increase and increase and it got so loud that you could hardly talk. You were yelling at one another just to talk. And I mean, and all of a sudden, this hail began to beat against the house. And I mean, it, it began to, like, it was, the, the, the wind was blowing the hail so strong that it began to break out every window in our house. I mean, we've got glass shattering on the floor. Hell is coming in uh, the windows, and it is loud. It is dark. It is scary. And I never will forget because my dad is a little bit crazy. And my mom had just had a, a dining room table redone. 
And it was her grandmother's dining room table, and it had just been refinished, and it looked beautiful, and everything was good. And so my dad, is, his immediate thought was, I just spent a ton of money on that dining room table. So what he did was he grabbed a bicycle helmet from the closet. He snapped the bicycle helmet on. And then he picked up a rug and went and stood in front of the window to try and protect the table from the hell that was coming through the window. Finally, he gave up he, because it just began to get so strong that, I mean, it was just pelting him like in his, in his neck. And he was like, forget it. He dropped, he's like, forget the table. He dropped it. And, uh, and, he, and he ran into the closet with the rest of us. Now, this was a bad storm. After it's all said and done, we're sitting there and we're looking at the damage and, and there's glass everywhere and there's ice uh, uh, melting on the floor and we walk outside and there's trees down. And, and uh, over all around the house, hell was piled three feet high because it had come through so strong. Our carport had fallen on our on our car, and we're left with this massive amount of damage to recover from. Now, here's the thing is, is that storms in life happen. Storms in life happen to all of us. Here's the thing, church, is the Bible says that it rains on the just and the unjust. Can I just tell you that I experienced storms in my life long before I ever knew anything about the word of God, right? I experienced storms in my life. And here's the deal is that storms just begin to happen and they come at you. Sometimes, sometimes we expect them to come and sometimes they hit us out of nowhere. We didn't know that they were coming. We didn't know that they were going to arrive. And all of a sudden, they arrive at your doorstep. And there's people in here that are facing storms in your life. And everybody might be facing a different storm. Your storm might not look like your neighbor's storm. You might be, you might be uh, going through a storm in your marriage. Some of you might be going through a storm in your finances. Some of you might be going through a storm in your job. Some of you might be going through a, a, a storm with your kids. But the truth is, is that most people understand that storms in life, they happen to us all. They happen to every one of us. And sometimes they take us off guard and we're not sure, how do we survive the storm? How are we going to get through this? Sometimes it's overwhelming. It's a bad doctor's report. And we go, how are we going to survive the storm? Here's the thing is that everybody in here, you probably, I, I can, I, just because I've pastored for so long, I know this, that you're probably either in a storm right now or you've just come out of a storm or you're going into a storm. Because the truth is, is life has a way of happening to all of us. And have you ever had an area of your life that was good? Everything is going good in your job, but man, your house is a mess. Isn't it amazing how one area can be amazing and the other area a mess? Because storms in life come. Here's the thing, is that storms are inevitable. You need to be more positive. I'm positive that storms are inevitable. But being defeated by storms is optional. See, here's the thing is, is that's the good news of the gospel. 
It's, it's not that storm, cause storms happen to Christians. They happen to non-Christians. It happens to everybody. But here's the thing is that we have a hope and a faith that even in the middle of the storm that God is going to make sure and see us through because we won't be defeated by the storm. Can I give you just a few things real quick on how to survive a storm? The first thing that I think is important in surviving a storm is this. Stay on the ship. Well, Pastor Crystal told us last time, last Sunday, that we're supposed to step out of the ship. No, she didn't. She said, when you hear a word from God, and he says to come, then you come. But here's the thing is that if you haven't heard from God, stay on the ship. Too many people are trying to abandon the only thing that's holding you up. I have people that come in and everything's going good. I mean, their life is a mess and they get in church and they get plugged into community groups and everything kind of starts turning around because God starts showing up in the middle of their storm and all of a sudden they abandon the ship. Stay on the ship. You gotta stay plugged into the thing that's holding you up. Don't abandon it in the middle of a storm. Don't you get off the ship. You know, I watched, uh, uh, years ago, I was watching, uh, The Deadliest Catch. Come on, how many of y'all like that show? I don't even know if it's still on or not, but, but I was watching The Deadliest Catch, and you know, it storms for them is, they're normal. Right? I mean, it's always major sea and everything's going crazy. And, and I, but I was watching this one particular episode and this captain had lost power in the middle of a severe storm. And so he does the only thing he knows to do. He's like, I I can't, I I can't take a chance. So he drops anchor and he's like, man, we're just going to try to get this power fixed. We're going to try to keep working on it. He has his whole crew working on this ship to try to get it going. Nothing works. He can't figure out what's going on. And all the while, the waves are pounding against the ship. Everything seems like it's hopeless. There's no way. They don't know what they're going to do. He thinks at any moment they could capsize. It could be over. And so finally, he issues a mayday. He calls for a mayday uh, for rescue. And the Coast Guard comes out. And they rescue him. They get all of his crew off the ship. And the next day after the storm had calmed, They found his ship anchored in the very place that it was all along. And the captain, I never will forget this, he said this, I should have stayed on the ship. I shouldn't have risked my life or my crew's life in a rescue. I should have just stayed on the ship. I should have stayed on the thing that was holding me up. See, here's the thing, church, is that I know that you might be in the middle of the storm and everything is shaky and everything seems like I'm not sure what's going to happen next and the waves and the wind are beating against your ship. But can I tell you this? Stay on the ship. Stay in the place that God has you. Stay planted in the place that God has you. Do not abandon the ship too soon ship is holding you up ship is keeping you from sinking a lot of times we get into this place to where we think well I'll get off the ship I'll I'll abandon the ship because I, I I don't know if this is going to make it but what we end up doing is we end up jumping out of the frying pan into the fire 
we end up in a place that's much worse than the place that we came from. See, here's the thing is fear seems like wisdom to people walking in it. Fear seems like wisdom to people that are walking in it. Right? Because when you're afraid, it, 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 doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. It seems like this is the smart choice. This is the right thing to do. Well, I'm not sure if my job's going to be around, so I'm going to quit my job. That seems like wisdom to somebody walking in it. But the truth is, is you just got to stay on the ship. Number two, in the middle of the storm, never trust your emotions. Well, you don't understand, Brian. I'm an emotional girl. I can't help myself. I, sometimes I laugh, sometimes I cry. Come on. Sometimes I do both and I don't know why. Right? The thing is, is that we live by our emotions. We live by what we feel, what we think is right. And the thing is, is that most of the time in life, your emotions can't be trusted. When everything's smooth sailing and everything's going good and everything is all right, man, your emotions cannot be trusted. Because here's the thing is, is that your emotions are all over the place. They're a roller coaster. Have you ever just talked to your spouse, you just feel like they're mad at you, and you're like, are you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you, but if you keep asking, I'm going to be mad at you. Come on. Because your emotions are giving you a false reading. Your emotions, they got something else going. They ain't even thinking about you, but your emotions are saying there's something wrong with you. Never trust your emotions in the middle of a storm. You know, I was... uh, I grew up with a, a four boys, and, and, and they, they had this big farm. And uh, one, one day in the middle of the night, the, my uncle comes in, and he wakes me up. Wakes up all the boys. Come on, boys, let's get up. And I'm like, well, yeah, you, you know, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What are we doing? He goes, it's raining out. I mean, it's pouring down rain. And I said, oh, okay. And he goes, we got to go get the turkeys in the coop. And I said, What? It's raining out. <laughs> no, you don't understand. We got to go get the turkeys in the coop. We got to get them inside the coop. And I'm like, why? Don't they just get in the coop themselves? I mean, it's raining out. I don't want to get out here and get wet. And he's like, no, you don't understand. If we don't go save them, they will stand out in the rain and look up at the sky and drown. Here's the thing. Your emotions will make you do stupid things in the middle of a storm. And what you think is rational, see, here's the thing, is your emotions in the middle of the storm will tell you right is left. It'll tell you up is down. It'll tell you the people that are, are against you are for you, and the people that are for you are against you. Your emotions will lie to you time and time again, and you end up just standing out in the middle of the storm, looking up at the rain, and you will drown if you let your emotions dictate what you see. You know, we had an opportunity uh, a few months ago. It was awesome. Actually, my best friend uh, took me to fly a helicopter simulator. 
And uh, there's a lot to flying a helicopter simulator, just so you know. And uh, anyway, so I'm flying this helicopter simulator and and, uh, and, and the, the, the guy that's flying beside me, you know, we're not really off the ground, but he says, here's the thing. He says, when it's, when you can see everything clearly, it's easy to fly. But he said, here, just let me just show you what it looks like outside right now. And all of a sudden he, pu- he punched in what the, what the actual atmosphere was like outside and everything was blacked out. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see, I couldn't see a few feet in front of me. And he said, here's the thing is that when it's like this, you cannot trust your sight. You have to trust what the instruments tell you. And here's the thing is that some of you are in the middle of a storm and you're trusting what you see. And God is saying this, you cannot trust your emotions and you cannot trust what you see. You have to start walking by something completely different. You got to start living your life by something completely different. I don't care what the storm says. My Bible says, come on somebody. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith. And not by sight. You cannot trust your emotions in the middle of the storm. Golly, it's already nearly time. Number three, I got to finish. It's not enough time, Pastor Scott. I need at least 45 minutes. Number three, hold on to the last thing God said. Hold on to the last thing that God said to you. Here Paul is in the middle of the storm, facing the same situation and the same circumstance that everybody else is facing. Come on, we see this 14 days. There's no sun. It's blotted out. It's dark in the winds and the waves. And I just picture Paul. Paul says this, take heart, everybody. Everybody else is freaking out, and Paul's over there smiling like an idiot. You ever seen somebody in the middle of the storm with a smile on their face? Huh? They just lost their job. Electricity got cut off. You go, how are you doing? Oh, it's good. God's good all the time. God's good. Amen, brother. Here's the thing. The reason why... Is not because they're delusional. The reason why is because they're holding on to something different than their circumstances. They're holding on to a promise. Can I just tell you, church, I don't know what you're in and what you're going through in life right now, but can I tell you this? That if what you see right now isn't what God showed you, then he's not done yet. If you're in the middle of a, of a situation or a storm and you're sitting there going, man, I don't know if this is going to work out. If God told you, come on, you will live and not die. And I don't care what your situation or your circumstances are saying to you right now. God is not done yet. God's not done yet. The thing is, is that Paul is holding on to a promise. He's holding on to a promise. The reason why a promise is given is because at some point there will be a reason to doubt. There will be a reason to doubt. There's going to be a time when you think, really? Really, God? Is this really? Like, what, what's, is this going to happen? You promised me. You promised me. 
and the winds and the waves are blowing and, it's, and you don't know what's going to happen and you're saying, God, really? But you just keep holding on to the last thing that God said. Paul just keeps on reminding himself. No, you don't understand. God said. But what do you do in the middle of your storm when all of a sudden the ship that's holding you up begins to break apart? What do you do when all of a sudden what was holding you up is crumbling beneath your feet? When you're looking and all of a sudden you're going, man, I don't know what is happening. I don't know what's going to happen to me because the thing that I thought that was going to get me to my destiny, the thing that I thought was going to get me to the place that God had for me, the job that I thought was going to see me to retirement, it's crumbling beneath my feet. And what do you do in that moment when you're thinking, oh man, God, I don't know, I don't know what's happening. All of a sudden, all of these pieces are crumbling around me and I thought I've just got disappointing, disappointment after disappointment that's surrounding me. The thing that was holding me up is now in pieces. The thing that was holding me up is now shrapnel around me. But God, you said, you said, and here's the thing, church, is that Paul never doubted the promise. He just grabbed a hold of the pieces. And he said, God, I don't care how you get me to my destiny. I know this, that God, if you said it, then you're going to be sure to get me there. Even if it's on the pieces of a broken relationship, you're going to get me there. God, even if it's on the pieces of a broken heart, I know that you're going to get me there. God, even if it's on the pieces. Because my faith isn't in the boat. It's in the God who gave the promise. And I don't hold on. To what I think is going to get me there, I hold on to the God I know is going to get me there. Church, you might be in a place right now and you're saying, God, the the, the ship is disintegrating around me. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Can I tell you that God is going to get you there? That God is going to see you through? That God is going to make sure that you arrive? It might not look like what you thought it was going to look like. The God of the universe can get you there on broken pieces. He can get you there on broken pieces. Maybe in this place you say, I I need faith. What I thought was going to get me there is, is broken up around me. God, right now, I pray for every person in here holding on to broken pieces. Lord, I pray that they would not lose heart, that they would not grow weary 
Lord, that they would continue to have their faith and their trust in the God who gave the promise. Lord, that they would continue to move forward, that they would continue to press on. Lord, that they would know that you're going to see them through, that you're going to get them to their destiny. the church rc we aim to help you encounter jesus if you want to further connect with us you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on facebook twitter and instagram at the church rc if you have a story to share about how god is moving in your life you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com